The following audio is from the Grove Church Snohomish campus. For more information about our church or to listen to previous sermons, check out our website at grove.church. Well, welcome. So happy that you're all here today and thank you for that sweet gift. My name is Andrew and what's so cool about this season for me personally is uh, just seeing what God does through our church and uh, being able to celebrate that. Um, As you know, the past few weeks, we've been um, taking donations and taking in gifts for families in need. And we were able to adopt about nine families, both in our church and outside of our church with amazing gifts and uh, great opportunities to even pray with them in their homes. And so from our church, I just wanna say a huge, huge thank you to every single one of you who were a part of that uh, and being so generous, because man, we know this season is all about giving because all of what God has done in our lives. So thank you. Can you give yourselves a hand if you're a part about that? Absolutely. But thank you so very much. I touched on this last week. I want to touch on it again. I think one of the greatest things that you can do as a Christ follower is to take in the word of God on a daily basis. Out in the lobby today at the guest table is just these fun um, Bible programs. It's just a really cool thing. It's going to get you to read the Bible throughout the entire year. You'll read through the entire Bible and it starts January 1. And so you can pick this up um, in the lobby or you can follow it on an app. The YouVersion app is, the, is a great app that follows along with that plan. It's just a cool thing to do. Gives you a check every single day of what you're reading. And by the end of the year, you have read the whole Bible. So I hope you'll be a part of that with us um, here at the church. Uh, A couple things I'm just gonna invite you to be praying for here at our church. Uh, Just some things that are happening coming up in the new year that I'm really passionate about. And I just wanted to invite you to be praying for specifically two things. The first one I'm gonna have you pray for is just a youth director or youth pastor role here at the Grove Church Snohomish. We really believe in the value of students. We really believe in the value of students knowing who they are in Christ. And I'm just gonna invite you to pray and help us pray that God would send us the right person for that role. Because here's the thing. We know that students matter a great deal. We know that someday we're gonna be old and I'm gonna get old and they're gonna be the next leaders and the next generation that leads our church and the future church. And so I'm just gonna invite you to be praying for our church that God would really solidify the right person, bring in the right person to help pour into students and invest in them for our future. Can I hear an amen? So you be praying for that. I'm also gonna ask you to pray and consider joining a life group in January as a church We're growing, God's doing great things, but I think one of the most powerful things you can do is number one, take in the word of God, and number two, connect with others. And so coming up in January, we're gonna be launching groups in homes all throughout our communities, and I wanna encourage you to pray and consider joining a group and be a part of discipleship with people uh, in your life where you can grow and become more and more like Christ. So two things I want you to be praying for here at our church. Today, as we continue this series, Spread the Cheer, I want to talk about family dynamics, because we all have family dynamics. I want to talk about the importance of family, because either tonight, or tomorrow, or Christmas Day, or New Year's Eve, or New Year's Day, you're going to be around some type of family or close friend that you consider family, and I want to talk about what you're going to be spreading to that family. As Christ followers, we are called to spread the light of Christ into people's lives. We're called to spread love and and hope and joy. And I, I wanna talk about our families because I think sometimes the hardest place to spread the right thing is with our families. And so today I wanna prepare our hearts 
for seeing our families, for encountering people that we love, because I think it's very important how we come across to our families. This time of Christmas, we all have special memories that we think about. I don't know if it's a specific year that you think about when you think about Christmas, maybe a certain time, or maybe there's a certain song that comes to your mind when you think about Christmas. I have all sorts of memories growing up uh, of Christmas and just different things that I've always kept in my mind. Probably my most favorite memory is watching It's a Wonderful Life with my dad. We would watch this Christmas movie every single year. It was like our tradition as a family. And so this, this movie has always meant so much to me and my family. And, you know, there's just funny little lines in there. I've watched it over a hundred times. So, you know, after he comes back from seeing his life or a glimpse of his life where he didn't exist, you know, he comes into the town and he's like, Merry Christmas, Bedford Falls. Merry Christmas, you old building and loan. Right, he just has a whole new appreciation. He's looking in his pocket and he's like, Zuzu's pedals. You know, it's just like this appreciation for life once he got a glimpse of life not, you know, with him not being there. And so that's a memory for me and my family. We watched it again last night with our girls. It's a special thing, but it doesn't really matter what Christmas it is. I mean, you could think about maybe your own memory or a movie or a song, like I said, or a certain year. It doesn't matter though what Christmas or what time of year or what Christmas, what memory comes in our head. What ends up happening, no matter what, no matter what family you're in, no matter how big or large your family is, there's always a little bit of drama in every family around the holidays, okay? Always a little bit of drama, okay? I'm just gonna title it Drama Mama today. Can you say it with me? Just say Drama Mama. Okay, come on, wake up today. Say Drama Mama. Drama mama, right? Okay, now, drama mama's not a person, all right? That's not your mom, okay, who causes drama, okay? Drama mama's not, doesn't have a, it's not a person, it's not a, a type of person. It could be a, a guy or a gal, okay? But there's always a little bit of drama around the holidays, okay? And I'll, I'll just give you a little bit of examples I've heard over the years. My family's not immune to them, neither is your family. I've heard it all. Uh, some, sometimes people say, well, they're not coming this year for Christmas because so-and-so said this, right? You hear, you hear that stuff times with family. Or, well, I really hope so-and-so doesn't come this year because they really dominate all the conversations. Or I've heard people complain about, well, it's just too loud and I just can't wait to get home. Or the food was too cold, or the food was too hot, or the traffic was too bad, or this wasn't right or that wasn't right, or I didn't get what I wanted for Christmas, or what I got, they got me the wrong size. Were they calling me fat? I mean, it doesn't matter what it is. There's always a little bit of drama around Christmas. Or the traditions have changed. I've heard this one too. Well, we used to do this. Well, it used to be that way and it's no longer there. Well, they used to host and they don't anymore because they're mad at so-and-so. Well, they're coming over and they don't know Jesus and we do. Drama. Drama mama. It's in every family in some way, shape, or form. And the question for you and I today, as we think about spreading the cheer, the question for you and I today is, what are we going to spread to our families this holiday season? Like, what, what am I going to spread to my family when I see them over the next two or three days or towards the end of the year? And here's what happens. Here's why there's drama. Here's why there's issues. Here's why there's problems. Here's why there's conflict. Because it's a group of imperfect people gathering together 
to connect and hang out and love one another. And whenever imperfect people gather, there's always gonna be some, torp- some type of, of drama, some type of issue. You have to excuse my voice. I woke up with a little bit of a sore throat today. You know, as I shared last week, a lot of times when we look to the birth of Christ, we want to remove the humanity out of the birth of Christ. I love all the illustrations of baby Jesus and Mary and Joseph, and I'm going to make fun of it in a little bit here in a moment. But we always try to like look at the birth of Christ as like this like, Right, like there was no issues and there was no problems and there was no drama. Yet the birth of Christ has a lot of drama to it, you guys. If we really look at the story of the birth of Christ, there is twists and turns to the whole story. There's some really bizarre things that happen through the birth of Christ. And I wanna look at it today and place humanity back into it a little bit and make it come alive for us because it is a real story. The birth of Christ is not advice, it is news. This actually happened, and this story is something that you and I have to respond to as Christ followers. We have to consider, how will Jesus' birth affect my everyday life as a Christ follower? How will his humble birth affect my life with my family? How will this famous story be interwoven into what I'm spreading this season this Christmas to the people I love the most. Here it is again, Luke 2, very famous story of the birth of Christ. Let's see if it can come alive again in our hearts. Verse one, it says, at that time, the Roman Empire, Augustus decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. This was the first census taken when Cornelius was governor of Syria. All returned to their own ancestral towns to register for the census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. He traveled there. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. He took with Mary to whom he was engaged, who was now expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him snugly in stripes of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. Verse 8. That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them, don't be afraid. He said, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in stripes of cloth, lying in a manger. Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, glory to God in highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. Verse 15 here of Luke 2. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened 
which the Lord has told us about. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph, and there was a baby lying in the manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished, but Mary kept all these things in her heart and and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them. Let's pray for God's word today. Lord, today we just come before you. We thank you so much for this season, God. I pray, God, just once again, you would just remind us, Lord, of the importance of the birth of Christ. And I pray today, God, more than anything, that it would really speak volumes to our families. God, as we leave here today and there's many traditions and family festivities that will happen, I pray, God, that you would spark in our hearts a desire to spread the right thing to our family. And I thank you, Jesus, that your word is alive. It's gonna speak to us again today. It's in your good name we pray. Amen. So we read about this popular census. It is in a census for the entire population. This was meant for taxation purposes. So Joseph, who was originally from Bethlehem, had to travel back to his hometown to register. He did not have a choice. This is a requirement by the government that everyone had to go back to their town to, in order to register for this tax. He had to go back home to people that maybe he didn't want to see, people that, a town that maybe he necessarily didn't want to go back to, but it was a requirement by law that him and Mary, who he was betrothed to, engaged to, heading back to Bethlehem. Now, as they have to travel to Bethlehem, I want you to think about this for a minute. A minute. How far, how far along is Mary in her pregnancy? She's probably, most scholars believe, about eight and a half months into her pregnancy, traveling, okay, here's roughly the terrain, traveling about 70 miles in a terrain that was uphill, more than likely either being pulled on a wagon by a donkey, or as the famous movie that just came out recently last year, The Star, or either is on a donkey, okay? Now, by a raise of hands, how many of you have ever been pregnant? Go and just raise your hand. Come on, put them up there. All right, yeah, okay. Now I got a little meme for you here. This describes pregnancy for you right here, okay. Number one, sick and tired. Number two, ah, baby kicks. Number three, get this baby out, okay. This describes pregnancy for any woman, okay. This is what we call drama mama. Everyone say it with me, drama mama. Dude, there's so much drama here. 70 miles, okay? There was no Uber, there's no taxis, okay? There's nothing like that. 70 miles traveling, either on a wagon being pulled by a donkey or literally on a donkey. Can you imagine just for a minute those conversations? Like, Joseph, please just watch the rocks, right? Like, it's crazy. There's so much drama here. She's pregnant and she's about to give birth. It's not fun. This is not romantic. It's not cool, Lord. It's actually not cool, right? This is the feelings that she's experiencing. She's not smiling. I love, 
You know, in kids' church, we, we, we share this story with kiddos. Obviously, this time of year, I found a picture of Mary and Joseph. I think this is so fake. Go to that. Okay, look at how happy she is, okay? This is a lie, okay? This is absolute a farce, okay? She is not happy right now, okay? No one in their right mind would be happy eight and a half months on a donkey being pregnant. It's drama. It's crazy. Going back to their home, back to where they're from, having to travel this far, there's drama here, you guys. You gotta see this drama in the story. As they get to the town, the famous statement, there is no place for them in the inn. Another dramatic moment, right? I mean, this, this lady, Mary, about to give birth to the Savior Jesus, and there's no place for them in any space. Can you just imagine that for a moment? Like going to one place and going, my, my, my wife, I mean, she's, yeah, she's, no, she's about to have the baby right now. I, I'm so sorry, there's no, there's no space. Oh, okay, okay, N- next one. No, sh- sh- I'm sorry, no space. Well, we have, a, we have a, a manger. It's really beautiful and has nice bedding and never, it doesn't smell like poop or anything like that out here where the animals go. No, this was like a cave, you guys. This is like a cave where animals were fed and obviously did their bathroom duties, okay? And this is where the birth of Jesus takes place in this humble, honestly disgusting, unlike any story we see in scripture, this is where the birth of Christ takes place. It doesn't doesn't happen in in this beautiful, well-lit, awesome, heated manger. No, there's so much drama here. It's in in an animal cave. I mean, literally, it's a basic place where, where Mary is going to give birth to Jesus. I love the carol, Away in a Manger. It, the, here's just some of the words. The, the cattle are lowing, the poor baby wakes, but little Lord Jesus, no crying he makes. Wrong! That's a farce. Another false song about Jesus as if he was not human, as if he was some robot and he never cried or never, you know, and he made a sound. No, this is a real baby. This is a real story. This happened in a real man-made type of cave for animals with no place for them to go and having to travel 70 miles uphill, either on a donkey or being pulled in a wagon by a donkey. He was fully man. The Bible teaches us. He was fully man. When, when Christ comes as a baby born in a manger, he experiences every emotion, every feeling, everything that we experience in this life, Jesus has experienced. And there's drama here. As we go on to the shepherds, I want to focus in on on. What happens to them? Let's pick it up here again in verse eight and just remind ourselves. Verse eight says, that night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them, don't be afraid. He said, I bring you good news that will bring joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah. The Lord has been born today in Bethlehem, 
the city of David. One writer writes this about the shepherds. I think it's very powerful. He says, the testimony to Jesus' birth from the angelic host to shepherds is significant in scope. Creation has no more mysterious and exalted beings than angels who represent the testimony of, of heavens to what is occurring. Moreover, there are, there are no normal, normal Joes in ancient culture than shepherds. The shepherds represent the lowly and humble who respond to God's message. For, the, for the, their vocation is seen positively in heaven. Thus heaven meets and greets the average person. See, the shepherds represent, if we want to be honest, people like you and I. People who are very, in some ways, normal, very humble, and they have this, this angelic appearance that comes to them from these angels, and here's what the angels tell them. Fear not, I bring you good news of great joy. The translation, I bring you the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is the gospel. This baby being born in a manger, this is the gospel. And they, they were terrified, why wouldn't they be? A dramatic angel appearing to them and them being filled with fear. And all of a sudden, the angel says to them, I bring you this good news and it is for all people. It is a reminder to you and I that the gospel, whether it was for someone like the shepherds who were, you know, maybe more of a lower status in society, the gospel transcends all types of people. The gospel, the good news of Jesus is meant for all people at all time. It's meant for the affluent and it's meant for the low in class. It's meant for the highly educated and it's meant for the high school degree. It's meant for any person at any place at any time. What the angel declares to the shepherds is a reminder to you and I that the gospel of Jesus is meant for you. It's meant for your children. It's meant for your coworker. It's meant for your neighbor. It's meant for your friend. It's meant for your enemy. This good news of Jesus is meant for all. It is the gospel of Jesus Christ, the baby being born in a manger in the city of David, who is Christ the Lord. See, it's a reminder for you and I today that it doesn't matter what kind of person we encounter. We have a responsibility to spread that news to them. And the gospel is available to all. It's available to the person who has walked away from the, from the faith and is living a life maybe contrary to God. And it's available to every person who's following Christ every single day. It's available to all. Now I wanna look back here at verse 20 just for a moment here. He says, the shepherds went back to their flocks glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them. I want you to think about what they do. The shepherds go, they meet the baby Jesus, they experience this birth, and then what do they do? They go back. They go back to where they're from, they go back to their families and they're pondering and thinking everything that has happened. 
They go back to the familiar. They go back to their normal jobs. They go back to the things that they were already doing after they experienced Jesus. It's interesting when they go back, what they say, they say they went back glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them. I want you to think about yourself as a shepherd just for a moment. You are now a witness to the birth of Jesus Christ. And now you're making plans or the plans have already been made. You're gonna go somewhere to be with someone over these next several days. And what are you gonna spread to them? If you're a shepherd in this story and you witness and you see all that Jesus has done and you're now a witness and a testimony to that, you too are also heading back somewhere. You too are heading back home. And I wanna ask you this very important question. What are you going to spread? What are you going to spread to your family? What will be your attitude? What will be the words that come out of your mouth? What will, be, what will be the spirit that you carry when you encounter that loved one that maybe you don't get that good along with? What will be the presence that you will have when you head to your grandma's or your grandpa's or a loved one or a close friend? What will be that spirit? Will it be Christ's joy and his hope in your heart? Will it be love and loving one another and loving the people that are around you? What will be the spirit that you carry to the people that matter most to you, which is your family? See, I focus so much on this today because I think we have to emotionally and spiritually prepare for being with our family. I think we have to prepare for it. I think we have to prepare our hearts for how we're gonna to respond to the people in our lives that we love the most. Because sometimes, unfortunately, what happens is the people that we say we love the most actually get treated the worst. Sometimes the people that we say we, we love the most, we end up doing things that we would maybe never do to a stranger or an enemy. And I really want you to take some moment in service here today to prepare yourself emotionally and spiritually for being around your family. See, what the shepherds do is they go back and they glorify and praise God for all they had heard and seen. Their hearts are full of joy. Their hearts are excited for the birth of Christ. They have something that they wanna share with others and it's a hopeful message. And I wonder if you and I can respond that same way to the people that we love the most, our families. I started thinking about different prayers I would pray over the years when I'm gonna encounter family members or loved ones, or maybe you're gonna encounter family members or loved ones that maybe, I don't know, rub you the wrong way. Maybe when I talk about drama mama, you're like, oh, it's definitely that person, right? I started thinking to myself, what kind of prayers I would pray to prepare my heart for being with family. I wrote this one down. God, prepare my heart with so-and-so. Help me to love them beyond my own ability. I want to spread your joy in their hearts this Christmas. Here's another one. God, you know me. You know I get flustered very easily. I feel anxious about heading over to so-and-so's. 
Help me to remain peaceful and calm. Help me to be your light to my family. Can I tell you right now that as a Christ follower, one of the greatest things God calls you to do in this season is to love your family right where they are at today. They may be so far from God. They they may think your religion is phony. They may think Christianity is a farce. They They may make funny little comments about what you believe and why you believe. They may harass you for going to church on Sunday or reading the Bible or filtering your life through the truth of God's word. They may harass you about the fact that you wanna come to a Christmas Eve service so you're gonna be a little late to a family gathering. They may criticize or make sneer comments or make funny remarks or make fun of your faith, but can I tell you one of the greatest things you can do towards your family who does not know Christ is to love them right where they are at. You know what the worst thing you could do is to shun them. You know what the worst thing you could do is to judge them. You know the worst thing you could do is to tell them all the things that they're doing wrong in their lives and if they would only do these things. What are you gonna spread? What what kind of feelings are gonna come? What kind of emotions are gonna come out? What kind of words are gonna be spoken out of your mouth with your family? What will you spread this Christmas season to them? What will be the spirit that you carry? Because I wanna encourage you and I wanna prepare you that it matters a great deal. It matters so much how we come across to our families. Can I just encourage you today with this one as well? I feel like this is for somebody here. If you're here today and maybe you're at odds with the family member, maybe there's someone in your family that you're like, you know, I don't talk to them anymore. You know, I've, I've written them off. They're, they're nothing. I, they did this and, and, and we're through. Can I challenge you today that God's heart for you would be to make that right? That don't go through another Christmas season living with that inside your heart. Make it right. Well, they didn't apologize. Well, they, they did that. You know, make it right. Life is way too short to hold on to that kind of resentment and that kind of anger and that kind of unforgiveness. Make it right. To take the high road. I always say this, give people the benefit of the doubt when there's little doubt. Give it to them because it matters. Let me pray for you today. God, I thank you so much for this Christmas season, God. And even right now, God, with these final few moments here in service, God, I just pray, God, all of us here will just take this moment, God, and emotionally and spiritually prepare for being with our families, God. Right now, Lord, where we sit here today, would you prepare our hearts? Just want to give you a moment here, just with your head bowed and your eyes closed. It's going to get pretty noisy out there when you leave today. It's going to get pretty busy as you drive off of this campus today. I just want to give you a moment between you and God and the work of his Holy Spirit. Just to prepare your heart. Prepare your heart for who you're going to see. Prepare your heart for how you're going to respond. Maybe you need to say a little prayer of, 
of help to God. Maybe you need to say a reminder. Remind yourself of who God is and how he wants you to respond. I want to give you that moment here just for a minute. Thank you, Jesus. God, would you once again just prepare our hearts right now? Help us to say the right things. Help us to make things right with someone who we've been holding back from, God. Help us to spread your love to sometimes the hardest people, God, our families. May we respond as the shepherds did glorifying and praising you for everything that they had seen and heard. May our hearts resonate with that today as we go back, back to our homes, back to our families, back to a close friends, wherever we're going to go back to, help us to spread the right thing, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Grove Church Snohomish Sermon Podcast. If you want to keep up with us, like us on Facebook, Instagram, or visit our website at grove.church.